The views and opinions expressed here on Wrestling Windown are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of any other agency, organization, employer, or company. What's up, guys? It's Lo, and you are tuned in to Wrestling Windown, a female-founded and hosted podcast dedicated to professional wrestling and our favorite adult beverage. A wrestling ring announcer will either make or break a wrestler's entrance to the ring. We have seen some incredible women absolutely kill it at ring announcing, including Samantha Irwin, Lillian Garcia, Alicia Taylor, and the list goes on. I am honored to be joined by Diana Sandoval, who has been making waves as a ring announcer here on the Las Vegas independent scene. Diana is spilling the wine on her love of professional wrestling that has lasted for so many years and what wrestler she enjoys watching both in WWE as well as the independent scene. We'll also be talking about Diana's crazy start to ring announcing and her growth within the one year that she has been inside the ring. Since it is February and it is the month of love, we'll also be talking about Diana's life outside of the ring as she is in a relationship with a local Las Vegas wrestler. We'll be talking about how they met and if she had any apprehension in entering into a relationship with an athlete. And finally, we'll be doing a little bit of manifesting. Diana is sharing which wrestler she would absolutely love to ring announce for, as well as giving advice to those who may be looking to enter into the specific field. So grab your favorite glass of bubbly. We're going in for the three count. to another episode of Wrestling Wind Down. I am so excited to have someone local here with me. I have Diana Sandoval. She is a local ring announcer here in Las Vegas, and we are just going to dive right in. When did your love of (laughs) professional wrestling begin? When I was about, I couldn't have been more than 10 years old, my mom and my brother and I were able to escape a really bad situation in California with my biological father. And we were able to move to Las Vegas when I was 10 years old. And we had nowhere to go. So luckily my grandmother lived here and she took us in. And it was a really hard time, but um, my uncle was there with us who's actually one year younger than me. You know, Hispanic families are very diverse. (laughs) Um, And he would watch SmackDown every single Thursday, I believe it was on at the time on local TV. And that's when I was like, what is this? What, like wrestling, what? So um, I started watching it and I just, boom, ever since then fallen in love with pro wrestling. And um, when I got into like my teenage years, my uh, young adult years, I started figuring out things like New Japan and Ring of Honor and like um, other companies other than WWE. A lot of Mexican Lucha Libre. I really, really enjoy watching that. It makes no sense and I love it so much. <laughs> so you've been watching for a while. Has there been a time where you found yourself losing interest or have you always had that same interest in wrestling? Oh yeah, there's definitely a time where I kind of like sort of strayed away a little bit from it. Focusing on my studies and getting really serious about school was something that was really important to me. I was not a good student <laughs> when I I was in middle school. D's, F's, really bad. When I got into high school, I started getting super serious about it because I was like, okay, I really need to like make something of myself. 
um, at the time, I really wanted to go into like criminology. Also, similarly to um, Latino me, <laughs> I really wanted to be um, a criminologist. And I didn't really know what that meant, um, but I just wanted to do that. So I got really serious in high school. I started earning like my high honors and stuff. I got on the dean's list and all of that. And all that hard work landed me a full ride to uh, a college. So I was able to get my degrees and stuff. Um, but yeah, during that time in high school, I kind of lost a little bit of interest in wrestling. I would still kind of watch it every now and then. And I think by then, uh, stuff like social media had like kind of taken over. So I was able to kind of scroll on Instagram and be like, oh, this happened. Okay, cool. But um, definitely in more recent years, <laughs> I've been way more into it. <laughs> Who were some of your favorite wrestlers to watch when you first start watching at the age of like 10, 11 versus now? Back then, I, I didn't have cable or anything. I had lo local TV, so I could only watch SmackDown. I didn't really know of any others. But um, the first person that caught like my interest, my eye, I was like, what? Like, what? What? You're, you're doing a spinneroonie in the middle of the ring? <laughs> <laughs> Booker T, that man caught my interest. And that's who really got me hooked into pro wrestling. I was like, this is cool. This is different. He's got this, like, this energy about him that I'm like, all right, yeah, hell yeah, let's do that. Yeah, let's watch that. And then um, I know a lot of favorites for a lot of people were the Hardy Boys, but Whew, my favorites obsessed let me tell you i was obsessed with paul london and brian yes Thomas. yes I was obsessed <laughs> like they were my tag team and then yes. ashley of course ashley masaro she had the look everything everything about that tag team i was obsessed yes the whole thing with like deuce and domino and paul london yes. Brian, that oh my god I'm so glad that somebody actually remembered this. Yes. I was like, am I dreaming? Do you was like, do you guys remember when they would come out and then they would have Cherry with them and she did like a little roller skating and yes. she was super cute. And then, you know, Paula and Brian Kenner just zooming into the ring and sliding in and being super cool. And everyone's like, I don't, what? And I'm like, no, you guys, this was a feud. <laughs> this was a so good. Too, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Paul and Brian Kendrick, they really dominated that SmackDown tag team division for a long time. And I lived for it. <laughs> so looking at now, who are some of your favorite wrestlers? There's too many. There's so many. I just want everyone to succeed. I'm at this point where I'm like, I want everyone to do so good. And I want everyone to like, just do so well in whatever field they're, they're, they're in. But um, if I had to go with like a mainstream pick, obviously the queen, Rhea Ripley. She is amazing, incredible, intense. Love her. Love everything that she's doing. A lot of our local talent, like it's, it's kind of weird now because I'm not so much into like the the bigger companies now i'm very very focused on what's local here so um obviously <laughs> i i have to say g sharp <laughs> a little obsessed with him if you guys didn't know um love watching him in the ring it's part of why i i, I fell for him in the first place and um of course other people like sandra moon freaking killing it on the indies there's just some energy about her um, Alice Blair is one to watch. Um, I really love women, women in this industry. I want women in this industry to do so well. So seeing them go out there and improve every time and kill it every time, it really inspires me and it, and it makes me happy. And 
that's what I enjoy watching. When did you realize that you wanted to pursue ring announcing? What did you have like a defining moment or like a, I call it an aha moment where, you know, something might've happened in your life where there was a situation you were like, Hmm, I think this might be the right path for me to go down. When I was a kid, of course, you had Lillian Garcia, who would stand there beautifully, elegantly in the ring. And her voice was just amazing. It was perfect. But I actually never thought about being like, oh, yeah, one day I want to do that. Like, no, like this popped up when I tell you it was out of nowhere. So um, let me take you to my very first event. I was there as just someone, as like a person in the crowd. I was not there to work. I was not there for anything. It was just going to be a fun time. I know. I know. Crazy, right? So it was at this event called Unicon. And I think it's still going on. It's like a convention for like comics and um, all these things. So they had uh, Versus Pro Wrestling go out there and do like a show. The show itself, amazing. Backstage, everyone was scrambling. And um, at the time, my brother had a booth at Unicon, so I went to go support him too. But backstage, everyone was scrambling because the owners, Kara and Wes, had gotten COVID. So they weren't able to go there and kind of tell everyone what to do and who's booked and who isn't booked or nothing. It It was a mess. So Millhouse, who was working with Versus at the time, uh, he was like, we don't have a ring announcer. We don't have anyone. Hey, you're somebody's girlfriend. Do you want to do it? And I was like, okay, sure. That sounds like fun. Yeah. Um, I had no idea what I was doing, but it was such a good time and it ended up just coming out naturally. I just kind of went back and I thought about, okay, so this is what Lillian Garcia used to do. This is what uh, Miranda Vitali does. This is what Joshua Shibata does. Okay, it shouldn't be that hard, right? Where are you built from? How much do you weigh? Do you have any monikers? What's your name, right? Okay, cool. So I wrote it all down on my phone. And um, my first event was just insane because I got to announce Cole Cabana, which like, what? I know. Yeah, we we stand Cole Cabana on this show. Wow. Yes. Yeah. How crazy is that? So my first oh my ever God. like first ever time had feel felt like I had no idea what I was doing. Literally just thrown into it, uh, and they were like, "Yeah, so you're going to announce all these matches, and then the main uh, is going to be Cole Cabana versus Papa Yase." And I was like, "Cole Cabana." <laughs> They were like, yeah, (laughs) okay, (laughs) this is not nerve wracking at all. I just, I think he's amazing. And he's such a sweetheart too. Freaking love him. So yeah, that was, that was an insane first time. And then since it was like a multi-day event, um, I was able to kind of sit with my feelings and sit with myself after the first day and thought, this is really cool. And, and people kind of like me. So I'm going to keep going for it. I'm going to keep trying. So then um, the next day, Millhouse was like, can you do it again? I was like, yeah, I'll do it again. And I got to announce, I believe that day was uh, cheerleader Melissa. So uh, formerly known as Mariposa on Lucha Underground, her who has become a, a good friend of mine. So that just came out of announcing. There's so many amazing things that have come out from me starting that one day all the way up until now. It's been really crazy. I don't even know how many events I've announced since then. Um, I know it's been about a year. It's been about a year since since I started announcing. 
And uh, never look back, girl, I said, give me everything. I want to try everything. <laughs> you mentioned Lillian Garcia, but did you have any other inspirations, whether it was locally or in a major wrestling company that you looked up to in regards to ring announcing? And, you know, obviously in that moment, but as well as now when you're trying to get some inspiration or see who's out there, who you can gain insight or knowledge from. Joshua Shibata um, used to do a lot of FSW shows. And like I said, there's just something about when you have presence in a ring that just captivates me. Joshua Shibata for me really, really had that just like confidence, that presence where he was like hyping up, whether it's like hyping up the crowd or just getting ready to announce the next match. There's just something so seamless about the way he says things and how it all flows that that's somebody that I really actually looked up to when I started announcing, when I finally decided like, okay, this is something that I want to do. I'm going to study a few people closely to see like how they do it and see if I can maybe take some of that in for myself. And um, Shibata, of course, I approached him and nicest dude ever. Super nice, super buff too. I don't know if you know that, but if you follow him on Instagram, there are bulging muscles underneath that (laughs) suit, girl. I'm just saying like he is super buff, (laughs) super talented, super sweet. He gave me like his contact information just willingly. He's like, if there's anything you want me to look over, if there's anything that, you know, you think, you want to improve on or whatever just let me know just send it my way and i'll let you know what i think so super open to it he's awesome let's talk about your life outside of the ring so you know love (laughs) i love valentine's day i love love you are currently in a relationship with a top las vegas wrestler you mentioned him earlier who has also been featured on impact as well as new japan pro wrestling and others so take me back to when you guys first met and how long have you been together Oh, yes, Mr. G Sharp. (laughs) So um, we've been together for almost four years now. Um, It feels like it's just gone by like this. I'm so in love with this man. (laughs) When we first met. Okay, so my brother is actually, he's one of the refs for like Pride Style. um, But he's also a, a costume designer. He does a lot of like entrance jackets um a lot of art and things like that so there was a point in time where he had made some stuff for the young bucks and the young bucks were like oh this is really cool we're gonna tell all of my friends about it and then um there was a pro wrestler at the time um marty scroll who we shall not talk about anymore but uh at that time my brother and i were actually making like his coats so all the different uh cool villain club coats that he had like the animal print coats and stuff like that that was us Wow. Um, so one day we were running late for a Ring of Honor show. We were supposed to meet him at the, like way before, but we couldn't. So we had to go like maybe 10 minutes before the show started or something like that. But we had to go through the front to where like the ticketing office was and everything. Mm-hmm. And of course, security's going to be like, why do you have a briefcase? Why? Like, what's this? What? We can't allow you to come in with this. So he was doing a signing like, all the way on the other freaking side of the arena. And um, we're here at the ticketing booth and there's this guy that he sent to run back and forth between him, 
the security, the ticketing booth, just running all the way back and forth. I think at one point he had to run up to the head of Ring of Honor and be like, hey, this is what's happening. And the head of Ring of Honor was like, I don't care. So he had to like run all like all around the arena, basically, just to try to get us in. He finally did. And I saw this man that was like really, really like trying his best to get us in. And I just really appreciated it. So I was like, thank you so much. What's your name? And then shook hands, of course. My name's Gregory. All right, cool. That was it. Like, just went in, enjoyed the show. I had zero idea that he would actually be the same guy under the mask, formerly known as Hyperstreak, at the Future of Honor opening. Mm. Um, so he was the opening uh, match on that show, on that Ring of Honor show. He was on Future of Honor against Luchasaurus. I think you can still watch it on YouTube. I think it's actually the most watched Future of Honor. <laughs> Just because, you know, Luchasaurus is on there. And of course, right. now he's in AEW and stuff. But so anyway, thought nothing of it. It was like, okay, cool. We're in. We're good. He's got the coat. It's all good. It's all done. Um, a couple of weeks later, my parents took me to my very first local show here in Las Vegas. And it was some sort of Lucha Libre show. And then I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, that sounds like fun. Sure, whatever. My parents got us like front row tickets. They were like, yeah, this is going to be super fun. And then during intermission, like some dude with a mask comes up to me and is like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad you were able to make it. And I'm like, thanks. No idea who you are, but sure. And then he kind of lifts up his mask. He's like, me, the guy from Ring of Honor. I was like, oh, that's right. Yeah, you helped us go back and forth and stuff like that. And we took a selfie. And from there, it was just, it was just meant to be. <laughs> Did he know when he saw you? Like, was it love at first sight? I, I don't know. I mean, he was kind <laughs> of, he's very interested in traveling and, and languages and learning everything that he can by traveling. Like, that's part of the reason why he got into pro wrestling is is the travel aspect of it. Mm -hmm. And um, so at the time, he was having a pretty hard time because he had come back from China. He was wrestling in China for a while and living there for a while, but he had injured his shoulder. And so he had come back. And if it wasn't for that shoulder injury, he wouldn't have been on that Ring of Honor show. Mm. Crazy how things work out, right? I'm just saying. Mm. <laughs> um, but he was kind of traveling back and forth. Mm -hmm. So we were friends and we knew of each other and I followed him on Instagram for a while. He did not follow me back for a while, but he would still look at my stories. Mm. So, <laughs> so um, for a while, it was just kind of like, yeah, we're friends. Um, yeah. And then he was like, oh, um, do you think that maybe you can teach me some sign language? And mm -hmm. I was like, sure, I guess. So kind of started building a relationship from there. Yeah. <laughs> Was there any apprehension from you with entering into a relationship with an athlete, specifically a pro wrestler? No, not at all. <laughs> I was like, this is cool. Yeah. But I, I mean, I didn't see him as like just a pro wrestler. I mm -hmm. didn't see him as like just an athlete. It's, he can be G sharp in the ring. He can be whoever in the ring. But like, to me, that's that's Gregory. That's G. That's, you know somebody totally different right. and um the wrestling stuff is cool but even when i'm done ring announcing even when he's done wrestling and all that it, it's still um you know him and i so right. um it's it's not necessarily that i'm like 
uh, I was apprehensive or anything like that, or like, oh my God, I'm dating an athlete. Like, mm-hmm. no, it's just, I'm, I'm, I'm dating somebody that, that appreciates me and loves me for who I am and right. somebody that, that I appreciate and love for. So, yeah. I do have to add this. <laughs> so the first time I ever saw him wrestle and you in the crowd, I was so <laughs> caught off guard because you were booing him the whole time. And I yeah, was like, that's her man. You would think she would be cheering for him, but you're all in it. You're booing him oh, just like I'm everybody else. Oh, absolutely. He's terrible. G Sharp is the worst. <laughs> He's such a bad guy. He's such a heel. He's so mean. Why wouldn't I boo him? <laughs> I'm, I'm super in on it. And and there's a lot of our, our friends that all boo too. And they'll be like, I thought we were friends. And I'm like, well, in the ring, you're, you're a mean person. I can't cheer for that. I'm sorry. <laughs> Before we sign off, Do you have any advice for individuals that might be aspiring to be a ring announcer themselves? Yeah, um, just go for it. Honestly, just go for it because you never know. You might end up actually really loving it. And I think the best advice that a lot of people give is, you know, find a good school, find a really good school that you can trust, people around you that you can trust and um, let them help you out. Because I mean, I didn't have anyone to really like help me out at first, but I went and I reached out to other people and I asked, hey, like, how do I improve this? How do I improve my timing? what happens if I mess up? Like all these questions that I wasn't able to immediately get the help for. So find a good school, find people that you trust, study a lot of um, what's going on around your area, because a lot of people have different preferences. Like some people might prefer you have note cards. Other people might prefer you have your phone to them. It's whatever it's up to them because it looks more professional one way or the other. Right. So um, don't be afraid to reach out to people because you might be surprised. There's a lot of really nice people in pro wrestling. So yeah, don't be afraid to reach out, find a place that you feel fits right with your style and go for it. Just go for it. You cannot be afraid when you're up there. You have no choice because everyone's looking at you. Everyone's wondering what's next. You got to be on it, dude. So yeah, you you can't be afraid. You have to have a certain confidence about you when you're up there. I'm all about manifesting. Is there anyone, whether it's locally or in the major leagues, that you're like, I absolutely have to ring announce this person one time in my career? Who is it? Let's manifest it so it can happen. <laughs> all right. I'm manifesting it, girl. It's going to happen. I'm saying when I'm telling you, I was obsessed with Paul Lennon and Brian Kendrick. Okay. Brian Kendrick. Brian Kendrick. It's going to happen. It's going to happen one day and it's going to happen soon. We'll see. (laughs) We're manifesting. (laughs) Thinking about it. It's, it's, it's going to happen. I can feel it. I see that Paul Lennon recently wrestled. I think he wrestled with Joey Janela like last weekend or something. So, you know, he's I'll take Paul Lennon. I'll take Paul (laughs) Lennon. I'll take them both. We'll do we'll do okay. the tag team. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'll take them both. Are there any upcoming shows or events that you'll be a part of that you can share with the listeners? Yeah, absolutely. So February 17th, 18th, and 19th, I will be at Level Up Expo with Versus Pro Wrestling. We're going to have our annual Level Up Mania, which is our biggest show of the year. It's three days of pro wrestling. Um, and then, of course, Pride Style X Ugwa. That show is going to be happening in San Francisco on February 26th at the Emporium. I believe Jordan Castle and I will be co-hosting that show. It's going to be super, so much fun. So much fun. 
And then, of course, I've got a bunch of BVW stuff coming up, a lot of Big Valley wrestling, um, specifically June 24th for the LGBTQ Center of Southern Nevada. They do an annual Pride event, and I'll be uh, hosting that one. Hopefully right. there'll be more booking soon too. <laughs> Get your money, girl. Get your experience. Hopefully I will see you at some of these shows. Yes, Miss Love. Thank you so much for having me on here. This is actually my first podcast. So I hope I did okay. <laughs> you did wonderful. Where can the people keep up with you on social media? I only have Instagram for now. I'm thinking about making a Twitter, but if you want to follow me on Instagram, it's at unorthodox. Dot Diana. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Wrestling Wind Down. You can find all of our other episodes available wherever you listen to your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and iHeartRadio. We are on Twitter and Instagram at WWDCAST. We also have our official merch store, which you can find at shop.wrestlingwindownlv.com. Let us know what you thought about this episode. What was your favorite part? And Until next time, enjoy your wine and of course, enjoy your wrestling. Cheers. Cheers.